0: Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Well, I tell you, unless you have tried at times to be a praise singer or a musician. You got to appreciate these people. Amen. Whatever the Lord blesses you with as far as talent, make sure that you use it. And if you got something, make sure you try to get better at it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Well, we are so glad to have each and every one of you here. And uh, I know we have several guests with us today, and thank you for investing a couple hours of your time and uh, to join us and worship whom we believe. Jesus Christ yeah. is the one true living God. Yeah, Amen. We believe He is a creator of all things, both visible, and invisible and we believe that that invisible god took on the form of a human being and literally became one of us so that he could save us and one of these days one of these days we believe that we are going to live in a place with him where there is no more death sickness pain suffering. Amen. Okay, we believe that. Yes. I honestly believe that. Yes. Amen. And a big thank you. A big thank you for all those that covered while that we were gone. We appreciate that, Brother Jeff and all of the rest of you. Very thankful that we had two, not thankful that they went into the hospital, but we're thankful that God brought them out of the hospital, and both of them are here today worshiping God. We're thankful for that. Hallelujah. Amen. And Sister Kathleen and I are, we're thankful for the opportunity that we had to uh, get away for a few days, and uh, it was good, but there's nothing like coming home, I'm telling you. And, uh, before we get started i would just like to say uh, thank you for all of the well the warm greetings uh, we've been back when we were church here this morning and a big thank you to my youngest daughter autumn and my three grandkids you, unless you are a grandparent you don't know how special it is all, i don't know how how many times they've missed, but not very often, every time that we go away and come back, they are there at the airport to greet us. I think mostly because they want to see what we got them. But I told, uh, told them yesterday, I says, you know, there's going to be one of these days that you're going to grow up, probably leave home, and you're not going to be there. Then I'll have to come looking for you to give you your gift. But we're thankful. And we're going to call your attention this morning to the book of Luke, chapter number 17. We're going to read verses 11 through 19. I'm going to ask them if they would please turn those track lights way down for me. And uh, again, if you are a first-time guest here this morning, we welcome you. Amen. We pray And trust that the Lord is going to touch you and minister to you here today. Amen. All right, the book of Luke, chapter 17. And uh, I already complimented uh, Brother Easton on getting his coach here last week. Brother Easton, good job. That is great. I guarantee you, when I was in high school, I wasn't looking to bring my coach to church. All right, here we go. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. How many of you want to go to Samaria? Probably not too many of us. Not in those days anyway. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us so when he saw them he said to them go show yourselves to the priests and so it was that as they went they were cleansed wow simply the word of the lord said go show yourself to the priests they turned around they start walking and their leprosy was gone And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten clans, but where are the nine? were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he, said and he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you win. I'd like to preach to you this morning on this thought. Now you're going to, you'll never be able to pronounce it correctly, and I won't either, okay? A place called Go ahead, try it. (laughs) You will remember it. Amen. I call it Kalua Papa, because I like that last part, Papa. Amen, but you'll understand as we get into it here a little bit. I'm gonna ask if you would, one more time. How many of you are here? Have you tried to close everything out on the outside? Closed the door when you came into the house of God so that the presence of God could do a work and then the word of the Lord could minister. How many have needs today? Come on, be honest. Nobody really? I'm the only one who has both hands up. Come on. How many of us believe that the Lord is here today? How many of you believe that He would like to minister? to someone's need. Maybe not yours, okay? But how many of you believe that there is a need here today that the Lord would love to minister to? Everybody believes that, right? Amen. So that's our prayer here. I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he would pray and uh, ask prayer here, pray one more time before we get into the word of the Lord. Would you lift your heart to the Lord here this morning? Hallelujah. Brother McCune. All right, the Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. Amen. From the Amplified Version, let me read verses 15 through 17 from the Amplified Version of this story. It says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, glorifies, praising, and honoring God with a loud voice. And he came, he laid face downward at the feet of Jesus, thanking him over and over and over again for what he had done. Adds a little bit more to it, doesn't it? And Jesus' response, he says, Was there no one found to return and give thanks And praise to God, except this foreigner. Now, it implies here, just let me make a statement here to clarify it. He was a Samaritan. It implies here that the rest of them, the rest of those group, the other nine, okay, were probably Israelis. All right? And... You don't have to be too much of a Bible scholar to understand the hatred between the Israelis and the Samaritans. We're not going to go into that, but it's a very valid point here. Amen. Where do you find a place where there are no highway billboards, no casinos, no snakes, and 100% public access to all 100 beaches? Hawaii. Of course. No snakes. No casinos. No highway billboards. I would say that that is a good thing in all the categories. And especially no snakes. I kept looking for one. I figured if there's a snake on one of these islands, I will be the one to find it. But there was none. And Hawaii, each island, I think there's eight of them, correct me if I'm wrong, but each one of them is known for something unique that separates it from the other islands. But the one that I found most interesting that I want to talk a little bit about this morning, of the three that we visited, is a place called Island of Molokai. It occupies 261 square miles stretches 38 miles long by 10 miles wide. On a good day, they will have about 8,000 residents, and it's referred to as the Friendly Island. The residents of Molokai pride themselves in a laid-back environment. No stoplights, period. No traffic jams, 45-mile-an-hour speed limit, on the one highway of the island. The only road sign you may say, or you may look at, and uh, along the way, one says, I've seen a couple of them. One says, Slow down, you are in Molokai. And another one I saw says, uh, Welcome to Molokai, we're glad that you are visiting, but please don't move here. It's true. But the thing that intrigued me about this little island is a small place called Kalua Papa. Kathleen's already tried to correct me, but good luck on that. <laughs> She's tried for 47 years, and here I am. But this, what makes this a little isolated town or village on a mostly unpopulated island so interesting is that since 1865, its history has been connected to a very ancient disease called Hansen's disease, or the more common name, leprosy. This mysterious and dreaded disease reached the islands of Hawaii in the 1800s and reached epidemic proportions in the late 1800s. Of course, at the time, there was no effective treatment. There was no cure. The disease was known to cause the withering and deformity of one's limbs, in some cases causing such nerve damage that in severe cases, fingers and toes would have to be amputated. Most common was lesions and sores would break out over the skin and uh, would cause the face to disfigure. Lepers were thought to have a curse on them. God was angry with them because of some terrible sin of their past. Other people would be afraid to go near them for dread of becoming contaminated with this disease. With new cases threatening to Eradicate the native population. No knowledge of what caused the disease. Officials became desperate. The citizens demanded the government do something before everyone on the island became infected. There was great fear and unrest among the citizens. The government, under such pressure, they came up with the only solution that they could plan. Isolation seemed the only answer. In 1865, their legislature passed and approved this law. They called it the Act to prevent the spread of leprosy. It became a law. The place chosen was a small peninsula, remote and fairly inaccessible. Autumn, if you do have that, if you could just bring it up. And way down there at the bottom, way down there at the bottom, you can barely make out the building. The place chosen was a small peninsula, remote, inaccessible, except by boat. To the south area, it was cut off by a cliff reaching nearly 2,000 feet and the ocean surrounding the rest of the area. Boat landings were only practical in good weather. This was the solution that the government came up with to somehow stop this dreaded disease from infecting the entire population. Seems like we just went through something like that, doesn't it? On January 6, 1866, the first group of nine men and three women were dropped off. By October of the same year, 101 men and 41 women had been left to die at Kalalupapa. This law allowed the arrest and removal of of any child or adult who was deemed a leper. If you had lesions on your face, no matter what they were, even if they weren't leprosy, they diagnosed you for you. And the law allowed the arrest and removal of any child or adult who was a leper and two to three times a year they would be placed on a ship for a terrifying journey to this little village. Some ships would only come as close to the reef of the island, and those with the disease would be prodded with sticks and made to swim to the shore. The government used to hire people to go out and look for patience. They came first for his grandmother, then for his father. One by one, they took away his aunt, his uncle, six of his cousins, then his brothers and his sisters. Richard Marx knew they would come for him too, so he ran away to Australia, to Hong Kong, to India, Anywhere the merchant marine vessels would take him. But the Hawaii Board of Health and the disease itself finally caught up with him, and in 1956, at the age of 24, he was banished to this village. One 92 year old patient by the name of Nancy Braid, who had lived there 79 years, She describes her experience of not being able to say a proper goodbye to her family. She said, I just cried out and I waved until I could not see my mother anymore. Many lepers arise as young children taken away forcibly, removed from their families without a choice and sent to this unknown land to live and to die among others just like them most of the children would grow up not knowing who they were related to after some time the government and other charities came to these precious people's aid kala U papa became a working community with a library school and other needed facilities patients are now allowed to leave but a few who have lived so long they still call it home. Over 8,000 people at one time or another have lived in this village. Allow me to bring two heroes to your attention that are connected with this village this morning. One is Captain Ira Dutton. He later changed his first name to Joseph. He had joined the Union forces and served his country during the Civil War. After the war, he became what he described as a functioning alcoholic. Until one day, he made a vow to never touch alcohol again. During this time, he experienced what he called a spiritual transformation, and he began to seek penance for the forgiveness and atonement for his sins. After joining a monk manis- MONASTERY. AND FOLLOWING TWO YEARS OF SOLITUDE AND FASTING, HE REALIZED THIS WAS NOT ENOUGH FOR HIM. A SHORT TIME LATER, CAPTAIN DUTTON HEARD THE STORY OF Papa's LEPERS AND A CATHOLIC PRIEST BY THE NAME OF Damien, WHO HAD MOVED INTO THE COLONY TO AID THE DYING LEPERS. CAPTAIN DUTTON MADE THE DECISION TO GIVE AWAY ALL HIS POSSESSION he boarded a ship to this remote village and for the next 44 years until the time of his death, you would find him changing bandages of the sick, offering encouragement and helping to turn this dreadful place into an operating community of lepers. You see, he had found his, is there not a cause and his purpose in life. The people of this village fell in love with the captain, and he loved the lepers until he died there. Hero number two is Alice Augusta Ball, who was born in Seattle, Washington, on July 24, 1892. Alice graduated from high school in 1910 and later earned undergraduate degrees in pharmaceutical chemistry and pharmacy from the U of Dub. She transferred to the College of Hawaii where in 1915, she became the first African American and the first woman to graduate with an MS degree in chemistry. After graduating, she was offered a teaching and research position there and became the first woman chemistry instructor at the age of 23. Alice, her laboratory research focused on one thing and one thing only, and that was finding a treatment for this disease called leprosy. Alice would create the first injectable leprosy treatment and her scientific diligence brought about a very successful way to diminish leprosy symptoms for thousands of patients. Alice's treatment became known as the Ball Method, using her last name, and was used for over 30 years until a more effective medicine would be discovered. The Ball method was found to be so effective at treating this illness that leper patients who had been kept isolated in medical facilities could return to their families no longer suffering from their symptoms. Alice would die tragically at the age of 24 while working in her lab. Can I ask you a couple of questions this morning? How many Alices have been destroyed in the womb by this very evil thing called abortion? How many Alices have we not introduced to the world to discover, to discover something that already is in existence but it needs people live human beings to reach out and dedicate and commit to finding things not to destroy people but to give them hope to lift them up to encourage them to bring them back into a relationship with their families that's what we're here for today folks We are the church of the living God. That's what we specialize in. Both these heroes would never live to witness the impact nor be alive as their heroic deeds would be honored by a grateful nation and in particular, the lepers whose society had cast off to a lonely island to die. What a story. But you and I know there's more to this story. We know that leprosy throughout the Bible represents sin. Can I get an amen? That's pretty weak. Leprosy throughout the Bible represents sin. That's better. Sin is pandemic. It is global. It is universal. It is passed on from one generation to another. So widespread that it continues to have an infection rate of 100%. I'm going to preach to you this morning. I said sin is pandemic. It does not just reach 99.9% of the population, but it is in fact 100% infection rate, period. We first hear of leprosy when God calls Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt. Did you know that? Sure you did, if, you've read, if you read your Bible. You will not find it. We know apparently that leprosy existed, we don't know for how many years, but we don't find it mentioned until Moses is called by God to deliver his people out of Egypt. He, Moses, he's doubting, of course, who wouldn't doubt, right? You, you want me to do what? But God says, what do you got in your hand, Moses? Moses says, I got a staff. He says, throw it on the ground. We know the story. That staff turns into a serpent. I'd be getting out of the way too. God says, no, Moses reach down and picked it up by the tail. Picks it up by the tail, turns back into a staff. He says, now, he says, I want you to do something else for me. He says, take your hand, stick it inside your robe next to your chest. He pulls it out, and it's leprosy. God says, now put it back in. It's cleansed. I believe that the Lord is trying to connect you and I with the idea, the principle. Leprosy is a state of the heart is sin. You can't remove it externally. It's got to be removed internally. It is in fact a heart issue. It's a heart issue. The second time, listen to this. The second time we hear of leprosy, but it is the very first time that a human being is connected with leprosy that we hear about, and it's mind-boggling to discover who the first person is that we have recorded that is that is contaminated with leprosy. It's found in Numbers, the 12th chapter. You know the story. It's Marian, the sister of Moses and Aaron, for pity's sakes. You know the lady who led worship After God parted the Red Sea with two million people or so walking across on dry land, watching as God then destroyed the enemy, the entire Egyptian army. In verse number 20, it says, and Marian the prophetess, the sister of Aaron and Moses, she took a timbrel in her hand and all the woman followed her with timbrels and dancing, Marion said, sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously and is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea and everybody joined Marion. big why? Well, because they had just been delivered after 400 plus years of being treated like a slave. Why? Well, you're gonna find in Numbers 12 and 1, the Bible says she spoke against Moses and his authority or leadership, and she became leprous, white as snow. You understand, God was trying to connect us again with the idea, you cannot fight against his word. You can't come against his word. You will die as a leper unless you accept the idea that he's got a plan to cure you and it will only come when you obey the plan that he has for you. It's a hard issue and it is a word issue. Are you with me? She became a leper's white as snow. Verse 13, and Moses cried unto the Lord, the Bible says. Moses cried, heal her now, O Lord. I'm begging you. She had to leave the camp for seven days before she could come back powerful story you the world will try to reject this they will try to reject the idea that life could be so simple as to finding the gospel of jesus christ and accepting the plan of salvation the world says that's ridiculous You think that I can be saved by a 2,000-year-old message of a God-man that hung on a cross called Calvary to give his life for you? You think that that's gonna save me today? Yes, sir. I believe that the message will save you today. It will fully cure you today. It'll save you today. You can't reject the message. It's a hard issue. Get this. You know the second time we hear somebody with leprosy? Sure you do. It's found in 2 Kings 5th chapter. Listen carefully. Now Naaman... Captain of the host of the king of Syria. Not Israel. Syria. Do you know that Syria is an arch enemy of Israel? Am I right there? They're not friends with God. Do you understand? Now listen to this Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. Highly respected because through through Naaman, the Lord had given victory to Syria. You can read it. Need to get an amen a couple of times here. (laughs) He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He had a lot of things going for him. The Bible said that the Lord gave him victory. He was a man of valor. He wasn't no wispy, wimpy, you know. I was going to say some guy wore dresses. That might get me thrown in jail, so maybe I better not. He said he was a mighty man of valor. He was a man's man, but he was a leper. In fact, Naaman's army really, they had even taken captives out of Israel, including a young maiden who became servant to Naaman's wife. She was a slave to Naaman's wife. One day this young lady said to Naaman's wife, I wish Naaman would go visit the prophet in Israel. His name is Elisha. He would heal him of his leprosy. Uh-huh. Ooh. You understand? The, the message came The message came from a slave girl. She wasn't a slave to leprosy. She was only in temporary captivity to a world that was hungry for power and greed. But she had a message. We know the story. Naaman finally, his wife convinced him. Listen. Listen. Naaman figured he would make some points by having a letter from the king. He took 750 pounds of silver, he took 6,000 pieces of gold, he took 10 changes of clothing for the prophet. Naaman shows up with his horses and chariots. He stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Of course, Elisha does not even go out and meet with Naaman, but instead he sends a servant with this message. The message, go wash in the Jordan River seven times and your flesh will be restored and you shall be cleaned. Come on. Can't be that simple. But Naaman was furious. He went away in anger. He said, I thought he would at least come out to see me and call on the name of his God, wave his hand over the place of leprosy, and I would be healed. He said, the rivers of Syria got cleaner water than you, Jordan. One of the wise men of his army said, Elisha, or Naaman, if this man would have asked you to do some great thing, would you have done it? God's not asking you to do anything great. He's asking you to come humbly before him with a heart of faith and repentance and acknowledging that you indeed are one of these things called a human being and that you have been born into this epidemic global thing called sin. He's just asking you to accept the message, believe in the simplicity of the gospel, believe in the message of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, and then fill of the Holy Ghost. Just believe the message. Amen. Finally, one of Naaman's men convinced him to go to the waters, which he did, and plunged into that water seven times. His flesh was restored like that of a child. <laughs> can't, can't be so simple. Jesus would go so far as to make reference to this very act in Luke four twenty seven. You can read it. We don't have time. There's no gold, no silver, no letter from the president of the United States is going to do anything for your condition called sin. You can get 10 letters. You can get a letter from every president of this world, every nation in the world. You can accumulate however much gold that you can find in silver, but when it comes to the salvation of your soul, gold and silver, have I none. Peter and John said, silver and gold, don't cut it. But oh, the name that is highly exalted above every name. At the name of Jesus, you can be healed. You can be saved. No gold, no silver, but humble obedience. Listen, I, it's a good thing. How many of you had a lot of gold and silver when you came to God? (laughs) Now let's go back to those 10 lepers. One is described as a Samaritan, which it implies probably the nine were Israelis. And the differences among them while they were having, while they had the leprosy. The difference among them concerning race and religion didn't matter. They were just a group of like-minded suffering lepers that just wanted to be healed. Oh, God help us. They had heard that Jesus could heal them. I'm sure quite certain that there are some here this morning in this assembly that you have heard that Jesus could and can heal you and help you through whatever life storms, whatever disease, whatever it is that's hindering you this morning. You've heard it, but you're asking, does it really work? Will it work for me? Their faith led them to cry out from a distance, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, when he saw them. it's all it took. He saw them. Ah. Well, Parks, thank you very much for the... I decided to use this cup. Way you don't forget my water jug. Got my name on it, so don't try to take it right there. The Lord heard that, or they would heard that Jesus could heal. They cried out. When he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. Only one of them turned around when he saw he was healed. Now, You, you, you got, you got to understand these folks were, they had leprosy and all they heard was the word. All they heard was the word coming from the incarnate word made flesh. All they heard was the word, but it was enough to strike them to the point that they had heard Jesus had had done this before. He had heard that he had saved Brother Long. He had heard that he had worked a miracle in Brother Wood's life. They had heard that he had healed this one and that one and this one. And it was just enough to inspire and to encourage them. The Bible says that they immediately, they turned around, they began to walk toward the place Jesus told them to go to. And as they begin to take a few steps, they begin to look around. And he said, "Oh, buddy, we're you're 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 healed. You're healed. You're healed. We're all healed. He's done it. He's we're healed. But one of them, that dreaded no good Samaritan, that half breed. You understand?" We don't know the history about any of them necessarily, but what we do know is that the, the history behind the Samaritan, they were hated all the time. All the time. They were just a, a half-breed religious person. They had no place in God's plan. But Oh, when that man saw that the word worked for him just as well as it worked for the church he said oh man i gotta go back i gotta go back and thank this one that just spoke that word to me the bible says that he came back now listen to me the bible says that he came back praising and shouting and glorifying You not think that this man was beside himself? You think you could have put a stopper in that man's voice? Not a chance. He went right back to the source, back to the word that had brought healing. He fell down on his face. And the Bible in the Amplified Version says he thanked him over and over and over and over again. He said, "Lord." You understand who I am. See, that's the problem. Sometimes those nine, they just wanted to make it to the house. of They wanted to go to the priest and get their legal document that allowed them to return back to the relationship socially and with their families. They were more concerned probably with the relationship of their families being reunited than their relationship with the Word incarnate that had just brought healing to them. Are you with me? Over and over and over and over and over again. Do you know what I believe this morning? I believe that every one of us, every one of you, you are a leper. Okay? Until. Listen to me. You understand that it took Alice Augusta Ball it took this young lady, you understand? The cure was already there, but it had to be discovered. I'm here to remind us this morning that it always takes a messenger to bring the cure to the, pe- to the people. And everyone, every one of us, whether we like it or not, we are born into sin. But I'm happy to tell you this morning that there is a one hundred percent cure. I'm telling, listen, a one hundred percent positive that when you are repenting, have you repented of your sins, and when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that blood atonement will cover, not just forgive you, and it will cover and erase your sins. And the Bible says we become a brand new creature. I'm here to tell you that it will work 100% of the time. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. You know what our problem is? Sometimes we think it's not simple enough. We believe that we have, like Naaman, we gotta do something great. I gotta climb a high mountain. I gotta go swim the ocean four times. No, it's the simplistic message of the born-again gospel. You have to repent. That means that you've got to come to a place where you want to change. And then the, he, Peter says, and then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. That means it's completely nullified. That means that. Once you go down and you come up out of that water and that blood atonement has covered you, that everything that you have previously done is gone. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But here's our problem. Even though those lepers a lot of times in Kala'u Papa they had a chance to go back home, but they tell me that leprosy is now 90% cured. You know what that means? That means that there's still 250,000 people in 120 different countries that still contract leprosy today's world. But see, here's our problem. And this was... Certainly one of my obstacles and hindrances when I first came to God is that I, I could not believe that I had a problem. He said, I didn't think I was good enough. And I thought that <laughs> there, there's no, don't tell me that I can be come someone like let me pick on somebody. Don't tell me that I can be like Colton. Been raised in church all of his life. I'm not, yeah, sure, I'm gonna pick on him. You know why? Because he's, he's a dynamic young man that's lived for God all of his life. At least that I know of. And I had a hard time, Brother Woods. I had a hard time accepting the idea that God treated me just as good as them. I really did. You know why? Well, because lepers, even though that they were cured in the sense that they no longer were contagious, or they no longer were going to get worse, they still had scars. And so every time, every time, I, I, I would try to say, okay, God, I, I, are you sure? Are you really sure? I mean, because, you, because I would look on the inside, and, I I had so many disfigures and flaws and things inside of me. I just, I couldn't accept that. It took a while. You know what really helped me out? Was when I remembered that when Jesus went to the cross, when he was nailed there so that I could be saved. And when he came out of that grave, he was already victorious. When he he came out of that grave, friend, I want you to know he was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He had the key, baby. He had it. He ascended. But you know what really struck me, Sister Reyes, was that when Thomas doubted, Thomas doubted, and the Lord said, Thomas, you come, and you stick your hand in my side. And you stick your fingers in the nail prints in these hands, you know what? The Lord is and was willing, not just to be nailed there, not just to to suffer everything, but you know what? He carries those scars on into heaven, and we will I be able to identify him in all of his glory. But I am convinced. That he still carries the scars as a reminder to me, to you. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you some, and please accept this. And in, in the way I, I I don't want to, you know, to come up, come across wrong, but let me. Let me preach to the church people here today for just a moment. When's the last time that you forgot the legal part of that document that's hanging on your wall that says, I am royalty, I'm a son of God. When's the last time that you came and that you knelt at that altar and you said, Lord, over and over and over over and over and over, God thank you because, because I, I'm convinced, please, please accept, accept this I'm convinced that when you've lived for God all of your life that sometimes if you're not careful if you're second, third generation you just take this, you know not that you don't love him with all your heart but sometimes you, you lose that perspective of what it really means to be a leper because you've never tasted it, you've never felt it As you stand with us, listen to me. If you're here this morning, there is a remedy. It does work 100% of the time. Every person in this assembly this morning, you can have a born again experience that will not just give you the abundant life here. But I'm here to tell you, it will elevate you to a place called heaven someday. It is one hundred percent. Oh. And you might even be a you might even be a worshiper. I know my Bible's here somewhere. There it is. Listen. You might even join the house when we sing praises to god but in your heart maybe there's something there that you've rejected the message you don't quite follow the need to be baptized repentance can you imagine captain joseph dutton 44 years he dedicated his life to change in bandages on lepers because he was trying to find penance and atonement for the ugliness that he dealt with in the Civil War. And if you're here this morning, see, I, see, I, I, I believe that, I believe time is short I believe that if you're here this morning and you've not been baptized and, and that you, you, you God has dealt with you about it, but please, please accept this, this, this prayer this morning that, you, that I don't know how much time there is left, but I do know that it's a lot shorter than it was a few years ago. And if you have a need this morning, if you need a miracle this morning, The Lord is here and he wants to minister to you. He wants to encourage and bring hope to your life. He wants to set you at liberty. He wants to give you a life that is abundant. But it only comes from the word. As they play and sing, I'm going to open the altar here. And if you have, we invite everyone. If you're a guest here today. I promise you, we're not going to break arms and legs or spit in your face or anything like that. But if you would like to come and join us here at the front and just lift your heart to the Lord and thank Him over and over and over again for what He has done in your life. This place is open and we encourage you and we invite you to come here today. And if you have a need, if you have a special need this morning, If you need a miracle in your life, we believe that the Bible tells us that we are to call for the elders of the church. We are to anoint with oil and we are to pray a prayer of faith, believing that the Lord will minister to the need that you bring to this altar. If you're here today, would you come? Would you come? Our guests here today, if you would like to come and join us here, it's just a place where... We lift our hearts to the Lord and we thank Him for what He's done in our lives, Amen. We invite you to join us here this morning. If you need special prayer, if you'll come right here in front of this pulpit, and we will.